0: G'day listeners and welcome back to If I Only Knew. Today I'm once again joined by my fantastic co-host Fred. Fred, say hey
1: Hello, listeners.
0: Thanks very much for being with me here today, Fred. We're going to be doing a bit of an intergenerational topic this week, a bit more focused in on that, Um because Fred came to me with something that I uh, pricked my ears up uh, a week or two ago. He suggested the idea of um, working multiple jobs or, or having a part-time job on top of your full-time job might uh be something that's you know like a positive way to kind of earn money and and be able to pursue your hobbies and like travel and do things that you you want to do and I I was a little bit um hesitant at first to accept this idea because there's a quite like a young person idea of like grind culture or the hustle or something like that um, which to me has always held very negative uh, connotations and so this is like an attitude of like people like posting money online or, or or bragging about the number of hours they've worked this week or whatever they've got three jobs they've worked 70 hours a week and, cool. and uh, it's kind of trendy to post about that online and develop a persona yeah. about the amount you're working in your ability to kind of earn money basically. Um, and look, I've been pretty um, skeptical and critical of, of this, just like with my friends and stuff. I think it's a bit ridiculous, or have thought it's a bit ridiculous, um, that people are like glorifying what I see as being exploited by a whole bunch of different uh, workplaces just to make a bit more money um, when. I've probably grown up with the idea that maybe you should be able to have quite a solid work-life balance and a uh, and a, and a good strong income from like one job. And I think that's rooted for me in this kind of cultural mythos of like the 1950 single income family uh, home. Now, whether or not that was ever true, something I might actually unpack, Because I think Fred you've problematized that a bit for me. Um, and maybe that's not the aspiration nowadays, but I would love to hear a bit of what you think, Fred, about my cynicism around modern grind culture and kind of what that looks uh, looks like to you as someone who's um, had a lot more experience in the workforce and has worked a, 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 like a whole lot themselves. I, I think that'd be great.
2: Look, I, I think it's really interesting, Matt, and I want to make the, the distinction between what I call true hustle and what people call when they call themselves online about the hustle and the grind. Yeah, okay. Because I think there's two different things, and there's some stats that were put out recently um, about the idea that if you're on the minimum wage in Australia and you're a single person with the average bills, that you would have about $74 of disposable income a week. Mm, Right. If you're a couple, you'd have about $52 of disposable income. And if you're a single mother full-time on the basic wage, you would be minus $112 a week. Mm -hmm. So when we live in a world like that, and we're really fortunate because our basic wage, our our minimum wage is still quite reasonable. Um, But there is a difference between needing to hustle to live and to attain a goal. Right. And that might be financial security or other things versus – you know, grinding for grinding's sake and creating Hustler University 4.0 from Prison Bait. I think that's his name, isn't it? Yeah, prison yeah. Bait or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> that's right. The cocky
0: arriving slang, Andrew Tate. That's yeah. right.
2: Um, so the issue at the end of the day is that historically, you're right. We've all got this mythos of the, the 30s, 40s, 50s, the, the breadwinner being uh, a single income in a family. Economically, the conditions were very different. Wages, proportionately, were very different. And it was quite possible um, for an older generation to have a single income and a stay-at-home parent. Traditionally, it was a stay-at-home mum and uh, who may have worked before and then worked after the kids got to a certain age. But in modern society, I think that this concept of real hustle um, is about the idea of needing to keep your head above water, mm. Okay. But I also think that for your generation, there's another adaption to that, which is the idea of avoiding exploitation with some entrepreneurialship, And I want to unpack that a little bit as well, because never in my life was this concept of gig economy a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I know generationally, my father often talked about the idea that to pay off their mortgage, he had a home but picked up occasional work for other people on weekends where he didn't work as a way of just supplementing their income. I know for my generation, at one point, my best mate, who was a single parent, was working a full-time job and then doing office cleaning at night because the office cleaning at night was the additional income he needed to feed and clothe these kids for the school that he wanted them to go to. And I call that hustle. Mm. I think this idea of this, you know, sort of posted online that I'm doing 90 hours a week and this, that and the other, that's a bit of a co-op. Of the term, yeah, yeah. Uh, real hustle's about survival, in my opinion. Mm, mm. With that said, your generation's got an opportunity to do it a different way. And the example I give is the concept of being able to um, use the gig economy to an extent to create work on your own terms. Mm. And it's not something I had the option of. So, for example, I work with somebody that's a bit younger than you that works here full time. That uses her spare time to buy um, uh, secondhand designer clothes, whether it be from op shops, whether it be online, whether it be Gumtree, eBay, etc. She cleans and mends them and then goes to a market every second Sunday and sells those clothes for a profit. Mm. And she enjoys the the thrill of the chase, the hunt. And she's worked out that there's a really good financial return for her. She's not working for anybody else. She's working for herself and she's upcycling a lot of stuff that people don't know has value Mm -hmm. to a different generation. And she's got a bit of an eye for fashion, I'm sure, and that means that she curates really good pieces in her market store. Mm -hmm. I also know the people that do that market stall thing with the art that they produce or the pottery that they make. So they've turned a hobby into a bit of an interest and that interest into a bit of a financial benefit. Someone like you that's really good with audio um, could be doing work off some of the various creator platforms doing voiceover work Mm. or writing for people. There's eBay where you can sell all the stuff around the house that's clutter. And dare I say it, Matt, I'm not endorsing it, but I'm certainly not judging it. You know, things like democratised pornography, like OnlyFans, mm. which allow people to be their own boss in an environment where whether you like it or not, and I'm not judging it either way, they have power and control over a wealth stream if mm. they want. Yep, yeah. So I guess the idea for hustle for me is it was always seen as a bit of a virtue. Mm. Um, Now, without putting too fine a point on it, I was the guy that had three jobs and worked 70 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to do it when I retrained as a psychologist because I had to run a business that paid my bills Yeah, and I had to do paid placements to get my qualification. And at the time, I remember my supervisor, which we all have a psychologist, saying the board won't approve a plan where you do 70 hours a week. We'll need to amend the plan to reflect just the psychology hours that you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Because they would think that that was unhealthy, so there is a little bit of a social responsibility not to burn people out. But I want to ask Matt, is there something that you would set your sights on in life that might mean that you put 10 hours of effort into, say, doing some creative work on on one of the the gig economy platforms? Is Mm. there something that you've got that you're waiting on that you want to kind of achieve that would allow you to put that shoulder to the wheel in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great
0: question, Fred. I think there's a there's a couple of reasons why I think I was particularly curious to talk to you as someone that's done some of this workload about this, because I'd say in my life I've been in the extremely privileged position of not really needing to hustle too much for survival, as you say. That's never really been on the table for me. Yeah. Um, so for me it would be more a question of leisure. Um, so I could see myself uh wanting to take up more jobs if i wanted to travel more perhaps or even just to give myself a greater security net maybe i wanted to move overseas for a year or two that's something yeah. i've definitely imagined for myself at one point or another um and that would require obviously quite a lot of savings um i think the the thing for me at least i've never managed to come across the kind of uh, work or, or either been self-driven to create my own work in something like that gig economy or uh Come across that kind of work that just kind of falls into your lap for something you can do because I have a feeling that doesn't happen, right? And uh, I've not sorted out, and so it's never happened. Um, But look, it's an interesting, an interesting thought because I definitely can see the uh, the virtue in in hustling to achieve a goal that you're like aiming for and to do something you want. I love the idea of uh, your. Juggling of kind of your current job and the transition into a new one because I think that's probably some of the busiest times in many people's lives and I expect yes. that that's uh, uh, really virtuous in that you wanted to take up a new occupation, you want to take something up new but like that's a really difficult process and so you took that upon yourself and, and managed to do that. So that seems like a really positive example of, of uh, pushing yourself with your time and, and, and your energy. Um, but I think... In my generation, what I see is I see this effort to valorize the grind and to valorize working for its own sake. And, and what you, you said a, a phrase before about hustling being about survival. For me, there might be something individually virtuous about that, right? Like you've got a goal or, or you just need to look after a family or whatever, right? And so to hustle there is like, that's a good thing, right? You're, you're helping people, you're protecting your family, or maybe you're just working to better yourself or your career path or whatever. But if you have to work like that, if you have to hustle like that, it feels like a little bit of a systematic failure to me, um, because at least for me, my expectation is that you shouldn't have to work yourself like that to survive. Do you think that that is um, my generation or me having a a bit of a misaligned understanding of, of... economics of being a bit privileged in feeling like we shouldn't have to work
2: super hard um, for no, I, things. I don't actually. I, I sort to step over your yeah, debate curious. I I was really horrified when I saw that a single parent working full time mm. on the minimum wage in this country mm. is out of pocket a hundred bucks a week.
0: And that's why I ask because it feels it's, like a good yeah. thing individually but systematically not really the country you want to live in.
2: And, and I'm a real, I completely agree with the dissonance around true equity mm. because I think we've both got one thing in common regardless of our age. We believe a fair day's work for a fair day's mm. pay. Yeah. And a fair day's pay means that you go home and you might not have a lot extra in your pocket, but you're certainly not scratching around for meals. You're certainly not scratching around for, um, you know, just the basics in life. In that regard, I was quite horrified. Mm. And there are always this push-pull politically around minimum wages. (laughs) Don't even get started (laughs) about North America. Mm. And we're lucky enough at the moment to have a government that sort of takes the flack and increases the minimum wage Mm. to the extent where they're subsidising it in certain industries now, like aged care, Mm. because the wage rates are so poor, Mm. they can't staff the industry.
1: Mm.
2: With that said, if that's the platform that we live in, You've got to do something.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: And I'm not suggesting that um, there is any heroics in... I, I actually think it's really sad that people have to supplement their income. Mm. But I also think if I gave you another example, an example of privilege, if that makes sense. Mm. So I know, and I know your girlfriend listens to this podcast, mm-hmm. so she'll like this one. Yeah. <laughs> She says to you, Matt, it's time. You know, I'm I'm ready. I'd like to get a commitment from you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And she points through the jewelry store window <laughs> at a lovely, modest twenty five thousand dollar engagement ring. Okay. Yes. Right now, is I'm I'm told about the mean.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It seems about right. I suppose.
2: Oh, I don't I look? No, I find that number horrifying. Actually, <laughs> that's almost the car, isn't it? Yeah. And you say, look, you sit down and you work it out and you work out the cost-benefit analysis of A, saying no (laughs) with that, B, buying a substandard ring compared to what she's asked for. Mm. Trust me, it's on her finger for the rest of her life and she'll never forget that you short-changed her. Mm. Or C, finding a way to expedite your purchase of that ring. Mm. Now, you could go to the bank of mum and dad, which a lot of people do I've got no issues with that. But it's also the idea of if you weren't given that infrastructure or support in life mm. and that was important enough to you, mm. then you probably would find a way to supplement your income. Yeah. You use the concept of travel. Even my own brother, before he traveled overseas, took a job three nights a week, you know, as a glass boy and barback in mm. a local pub to just get enough extra funds and the experience mm. to be able to go overseas and work yeah. in that yeah. hospitality industry. And I know a lot of people that do that as a short-term way of just supercharging their savings so they've got a bit more choice when they travel. Mm. Maybe a slightly better hostel, maybe a slightly better hotel, maybe one extra leg on the trip. Mm. So I think that there's the, the idea of exploitation so doing 70 hours for the man Mm, Yeah, the man's still a thing i don't know if the man's a thing yeah yeah the man a thing okay good um 70 hours at minimum wage to make ends meet is what i would call survival Mm. if that's what you need and i think we've got to divorce ourselves from what people do on social media about their hustle yeah And look at it and say a lot of people hustle to keep their head above water. Mm. A lot of people hustle because they've got a superordinate goal and they've got the time. Mm. And one of the things I'd say, I'm going to sound old here, Matt. Can I have permission to sound old? Of course. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. (laughs) For those younger listeners that are about to turn off, just hear me out. (laughs) One of the things that I now reflect on is when I was younger, I had the time and the absence of commitment to do more than I did. Mm, I still worked pretty hard. I'm not going to lie about that. But I probably didn't financially use that time and energy and effort to set myself up as well as I could. Mm, Okay, yeah. So if I was to go back and do it all over again... Mm. It would probably be an absolute tragedy because I do all the things that I didn't do that I now, as an old man, regret not having done. Mm. Many of them stupid, and you know some of them very morally questionable.
0: <laughs> yep, yep.
2: But I would have gotten some advice about proper financial planning, and you know the benefit of investing ten dollars when I was twenty mm. in one share of, say, a bank, yeah. and what that would have meant now. So I want to I say that there is this idea of creating independence and choice and keeping your head above water, and that's what I call hustle. That's mm. what I call grind. And it's called the grind because it's not fun. You know? Yeah. There's a goal that you need to achieve. Sometimes that goal is survival. Other times that goal is very much focused on something else. Mm. I'm not saying that there's virtue in hustle. I think that there's virtue in it if you find it virtuous. Mm. I certainly think there's virtue in putting food on the family's plate. But I don't also uh, want to celebrate people in our country that can work a full-time job and not meet a minimum standard of life. I think there is, uh, I think we all as a society have an obligation to say that those in our, we, we, you should never work a job and not be able to pay your bills. Yeah, It's just not okay.
0: I I really like that framing. It's called the grind because it's hard, right? Like grind, a, a grindstone, and working a grindstone is hard. Being ground down is hard. I think the the concept of the grind that i've been exposed to has sought to disguise that or a sort to yeah. glamorize it and i think uh that middle ground that you've you've brought along today fred is exactly what i was looking for basically i think that's that's really interesting so thanks very much for for bringing those thoughts and uh, i'm very glad that i could pick the brains of the grindster himself much appreciated
2: <laughs> look uh, i will say this there's the tail end the sting is always in the tail matt uh, as i approach my dare i say it fiftieth birthday. Ouch. Oh, Sorry. Um, the grind is not forever. <laughs> no, definitely not. You do lose your capacity to grind. Mm. and And I will say this. There's often people in my life who say to me, why would you bother doing that? Pay someone else to do it. And I have to say, no 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 no. it's not the way it works around here and that's why my fence may never fully be painted and completed in this lifetime map but i refuse to allow anybody else to do something that this old fractured body may do itself so listeners thank you for your time today uh, another great one from matt he's always bringing some really interesting stuff to the table and getting us to reflect on different perspectives if you want to prompt matt's thoughts or put out a com- you know complex or, or simple topic for us to discuss reach out to our links through our page on the podcast app that you're listening to now thank you for your time and tune in again next week for if i only knew
0: cheers listeners see you
2: Thank you for listening. This podcast is a BetterPod group production, with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Lanch, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is a podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through Triple Zero or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions Voiced by podcast hosts of theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and/or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bedpod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.